Welcome to Trailblazing Nursing, a podcast sponsored by the University of South Florida College of Nursing. I'm Usha Menon, Dean of the College of Nursing and Senior Associate Vice President at USF Health. Every month, we'll bring you a 15-minute discussion on current topics in nursing, talking with your colleagues and experts from across the world. Dr. Peter Beerhaus is a nurse and a healthcare economist who is well known for his studies on the nursing and physician workforces in the United States. He's a professor of nursing and director of the Center for Interdisciplinary Health Workforce Studies at the College of Nursing, Montana State University. Before coming to Montana State University, Dr. Beerhaus was the Valerie Potter Distinguished Professor of Nursing and Senior Associate Dean for Research at Vanderbilt University School of Nursing, a professor of health policy at Vanderbilt University, and assistant professor of health policy and management at the Harvard School of Public Health. He recently served as a member of the National Academy of Sciences, the National Academy of Medicine Committee on the Future of Nursing 2020-2030. Peter, welcome to the 2022 season two of the Trailblazing Nursing podcast from the University of South Florida College of Nursing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes with you. And uh, again, uh, thank you very much. Absolutely. Peter, this has been a very interesting two years for uh, the world, for the country, and um, absolutely for nursing. Could you start by just telling us how you see the current state of nursing? I think it's a great place to, to start this conversation. And for me, I, I feel like we're in a state of recovery from the pandemic's economic and non-economic impacts on the nurse workforce. I, I feel a little bit like we're in the spring uh, in which you know the ground is starting to loosen up, uh, the soil is getting ready to nourish new growth. And I think our profession is beginning to, the workforce as well is beginning to look forward versus what's going on today, what can we do tomorrow? We're now thinking about what could we create uh, in the future for a better workforce? But I also think we're at a point where we don't have a strategy to achieve that future uh, or a plan that uh, we can uh, adopt and follow so that we can be more responsive to the needs of society. Uh, more in touch with our employer base, um, the, the employers that workforce, and more responsive to the needs of nurses going forward. There's a lot of, we must do this, we must do that, but there is no overall coherent strategic sort of plan. Um, so is that an opportunity for nursing and the healthcare workforce in general, the fact that we don't have a plan, but we should? I think it is. And I would like to take us back actually to the past and, and go back to a time when we had maybe the last big nursing crisis. Uh, and this was about 20 years ago. Um, what I'm thinking about was in 1998 through 2000, we uh, had a massive hospital registered nurse shortage. It grew to about 126,000 
open positions just in hospitals alone. This was, um, it, it shut down patient care units, access to care was decreased, nurses were struggling, quality and safety were uh, threatened. It, it was a dark period at that point. But then what happened? We reached a point where we had to, to get out of this. And the Joint Commission uh, and the American Hospital Association got very serious about this. They formed committees, they had white papers, they had uh, conferences and meetings to elevate the focus on nursing uh, to, to improve. The Johnson & Johnson campaigns for nursing's future came along and had a remarkable uh, impact. The Nursery Investment Act was passed. Major publications helped provide the data to guide policymakers going forward. The growth of the magnet program uh, started to happen. All of these and others quickly alleviated that shortage. And, and so I, and then our studies that I know you probably remember we were doing at the time through that whole decade, random national surveys of nurses. We found that nurses started to report higher job satisfaction, career satisfaction went way up. Quality of care went up. Workplace environment was seen to have gotten remarkably better. Um, we were willing to now much more willing to uh, recommend nursing to others. So that tells me that uh, we can face this crisis in somewhat of a similar way as we have done in the past. So this is a great opportunity to take advantage of. The second point I'd like to, to, to make on this is those sort of reactions that I just went through led to longer term strengths that developed over the next 10 to 15 years. What I'm talking about is we have an increasingly educated nurse for, workforce, much more educated at the graduate and undergraduate level. We're more diverse than we ever were before. We have strong public support for the nursing profession. We have strong private sector report. We've got a growing workforce and we have this very amazing and important uh, APRN workforce, particularly nurse practitioners. We have a lot of strengths right now to face our future where in the past when we've had large crises, we, we weren't moving in a position of strength. We needed the help of others. Today, we have, I think, the strengths to, to move forward. So uh, to me, this is key uh, to remember a little bit of our history. I think we can feel more optimistic and positive about our future. Now, I'm not sure if I answered your question, though. Yeah, no, I, I think you did. But I do want to go back to a couple of the points that you made. And I think, honestly, if there's anyone who could weigh in on this, you know, you are among the very few that are, um, are an authority on the subject you've published. You've been studying this for, you know, a decade or more. So what happened this time? We had built all of those strengths when we yeah. experienced that last big crisis or crash, as you said. Uh, we put all this effort in, and then the pandemic hit. It seemed like we hit rock bottom. What, what happened? I think a couple things were happening that weakened the workforce in the years just prior to the pandemic. We had the retirement of the baby boom generation. And from about 2015 forward, we were losing 70,000 baby boom nurses a year. That, 
that meant a lot of knowledge and experience and leadership and mentorship and the ability to get things done was leaving the workforce. And some of those, many of them, were in the specialty care units. So the, the hospitals were already saying, I need those experienced nurses in these units. In addition, now, the, the growth of the nurse practitioner workforce is a good thing. But during that same period of time, so many nurses would be in an organization for about a year. They're just beginning to get, you know, competent and good, and they move on to nurse practitioner programs. We've estimated that that effect reduced the number of nurses in the workforce by about 80,000. So you've got a reduction of these nurses plus the retirement, and then your normal everyday background shortages of things that happen. Um, and many hospitals were unprepared and, and weakened. And the, the COVID hit both the demand and supply. It shot up demand for special specialty care nurses because these were very, very critical patients. And they could turn on a dime and you're thinking, oh, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're going to get you discharged. And boom, 15 minutes later, you're in the ICU. We were overwhelmed with demand. And at the same time, the, the pandemic affected the supply of nurses. Some nurses got sick, they couldn't work. Uh, all those things that uh, occurred, it was a, a, a real combination of perfect storm type things going on that really flattened out our workforce. And it was an amazing, amazing uh, ability of nursing, uh, nurses around the country to get through 2020. It was quite impressive. But now um, we're working through 2021. Uh, the whole travel and temporary nurse issues has, I think, been a big source of, of distraction that has um, um, had some more negative effects than positive effects, in my view. And But now today, I think we are looking to the future and less about today and in the past. Absolutely. So my, my last question for you, I think, is a two-part one. Looking forward, what are those policies or practices that we should be investing in to strengthen the nursing workforce, both from the college university end yeah. and also from the healthcare end? Oh, that's, that's where we need to be thinking. And I'll, I'll throw out some ideas. Uh, I think the first thing that I would say to uh, all of our listeners, is something that you can do immediately and you can do it today. And that is to be very careful about the messaging around the nurses and of our healthcare organizations. Too much is negative. And it's about negative about nurses. It's negative by nurses. It's negative about the healthcare delivery systems. That shortage that I described back in 1998 to 2002 was largely created by excessive negativity during the 90s by nurses that resulted in marked decreases in enrollment and graduations. So history tells us we've got to be careful about that message. So we need more positive messages. We need to keep the inflow of people coming into the profession to grow our, our workforce. That's what the first thing. Second thing is I would strongly urge us to be, become very smart and proactive 
about the changes in payment policy today, the move towards value-based payment. To me, we are finally going to see an alignment of the incentives in the right way, in which hospitals will be paid if you provide really good outcomes and keep your costs lower. And if you don't, you'll get less payment. For nurses, that means, wow, if I can contribute to improving those outcomes, keeping costs low, I'm now part of the economic answer for organizations. I will help them be strong. Organizations then can say, hey, nurses, you helped us. What do you need to help us more to deal with the issues and the problems on your unit? Unit by unit, they're all very different. So now nurses are empowered. They're part of that revenue generation. And patients will benefit because care will be better, costs will be lower. We need to be smart about that and, and get on with a very positive embracing of value-based payment. And, and uh, so that would be the second thing. I think third, we've got another 500,000 baby boom RNs who are going to retire over this decade. We didn't manage that well enough during the you know, the prior decade, let's do a better job of identifying those nurses we want to try to keep in, hold on to them. I heard a great term the other day. We'll call them e-nurses, uh, emeritus nurses. Find a way to keep these folks in as long as possible. So prepare for the retirement. We need to reset our relationships. Uh, hospitals and nurses, hospitals and nursing students, hospitals with nursing educators and, and educators and hospitals. I think it's not a practice partnership anymore. It's got to get into a deeper relationship where we are really invested together on, on the future. That will be important. Um, and then I would just end by uh, stepping back and saying, if we are into a new decade of opportunity and growth, what are the needs of society? And to me, um, they are about uh, dealing with the chronic shortages of primary care. And we have 80 million Americans without adequate access to primary care. The aging of our population. We need to get more RNs, more APRNs, better prepared to handle the geriatrics and that issue. The same is with behavioral mental health. It's tremendous growth there. And then finally with maternal and mortality. And if if we can say these areas we need to target and do better, but be mindful of what the National Academy of Medicine's Future of Nursing report talked about with regard to social determinants of health and health equity, if we can put bring health equity and social determinants into our strategies, we can really do a much better job at growing the workforce we need to take care of those social, uh, growing social health care needs. That, that's a lot, but uh, I think we can do it. Uh, we've done this in the past, and we're strong. We're much stronger than we've ever been as a workforce. Thank you. And, you know, that just tells me that some of the strategies we've put into play here at the University of South Florida are exactly the direction we need to be going in. Come early in 2023, we will have a mobile health van. Oh, wonderful. Um, going out into the Tampa Bay community, but but importantly, we will have nursing students on there. And every patient that we see through the primary care practitioners at the in the van will complete a social determinants of health questionnaire. Oh. 
but the students will have already learned how to integrate that into the plan of care because it's actually being embedded into their curriculum. Um, and I think these are some important things that from a university standpoint, I think that we can do to better prepare this workforce. Um, but what I hear the other message from you for all of our healthcare executives who might be listening in is, you know, bring nurses to the table, mm -hmm. help us become a part of the solution with you so that we move forward together versus you know, uh, operating in, in separate silos. Um, Peter Beerhouse, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. And there you have it, everyone. Please join me in thanking Dr. Beerhouse on his insights into nursing leadership and solving the nursing shortage. You can learn more about the USF College of Nursing at health.usf.edu forward slash nursing. Until next time, Here's to trailblazing your own path.